0: Here's what's coming up on this week's show. First time I heard that statement, it turned my life upside down. I've been waiting to hear that my whole life.
1: That's actually quite emotional. It's
2: really powerful, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I can
1: resonate with that so much. Yeah. yeah. I'll get over myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, lovely Claire Horsley over there. And we're recording this late in the evening, and it's already stifling hot up here, isn't it? And it was hot, hot in my little studio. I don't know about yours. It's very warm. Very warm,
1: yeah. I've got the window open, but it's kind of one of those really humid evenings. There's, like, no air.
2: And I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'm finding myself being bitten left, right and centre at the moment. I don't know about you. Uh, my wife likes to sleep with the uh, window open because she's of a certain age where she gets a bit warm at night, do you know what I mean? I <laughs>
1: Why can't I say that? You so can't say that. Why not? The ball's in your court. I'm just saying that if you go home and the locks are changed, I don't (laughs) say to me... No,
2: she wouldn't mind at all, I tell you.
1: There's a few strange little critters about, that's for sure. I've been all right, actually, the last couple of weeks, but I think I made up for it by having that ginormous spider bite a few weeks ago, so... You don't get my sympathy because
2: you didn't give me any. <laughs> yeah, no, none at all.
1: So each week we invite a guest to talk on our show to share their own unique experiences in business, in order for us to all move. Our business forward in the right direction. So what are we going to be talking about this week, Paul?
2: How to turn your passion into a business. And this is something that I'm really passionate about, um, is that it's really important to do what you love and earn money doing it because there are so many people who do things they can't stand and just sit around waiting for their pension. And you don't want to be living your life like that.
1: I don't know. You're a bit closer to that than I am.
2: (laughs) I'm going to get you back for that.
1: Did I just say that out loud?
2: Uh, I'm right. I'm, I'm making a note of that. Mental note. It's my turn to...
1: Oh, no, man. I'm, I'm going to regret that.
2: You're, you're in for it now. Oh,
1: no. Um, Sorry. Anyway,
2: I'm going to pretend that never happened um, because I thought it might be quite nice if you joined me on the interview today, but maybe I don't want you to now.
1: Oh, no. Have we had our first round?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is The Big Little Business Show. Here we go. Yes, and are we going now? Yeah, yeah, we're rolling. We're, we're rolling. All right. My bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, uh, you know, musician and a lot of things around music. So I also have a entertainment agency that uh, where I book other groups and book events. Then um, in addition to that, you know, we do some training, we teach other artists how to have a successful music career as well. So we do like um, mastermind classes and we have an online course that we teach and then and then you know just uh besides playing live we also like when and when i say why we my brother and i partner in most of these things but um we have we create songs for tv film music or ads you know whatever the case may be that uh need some kind of background music or intro music and that sort of thing as well
2: so this is the uh, big time grain company yeah Yes. Have you listened to some of their stuff, Claire? It's really good.
1: I was listening today. Yeah, really good. It's really impressive.
2: It's a real mixture of old and new country, isn't it, your stuff?
0: It is. You know, it's kind of... We grew up around all the old country because of my... Like on my mom's side, everybody played something. My grandpa was in a country western band that played every weekend. And so we were just always around it, even though early on we weren't even playing ourselves. But then we had what you call we, we call our rock ears. Um, so when this all came together, we had this just this mashup of old country roots with rock, years of playing rock. And then and then, you know, just kind of became. But we love the sound of old country and yet we love the energy of rock.
1: Can you remember the, the first time you identified the passion for, for what it is that you do?
0: Yeah, I can. Um, I mean, I made a decision to start playing because this band came through my high school. Uh, and that's when my buddy asked me, you want to learn to play guitar and we'll start a band. And I just said yes without thinking about it that much. But the the real passion, I think, happened about six months later when we played our first gig. We played two songs for like the entire city showed up to this town meeting thing. And it was like this complete rush. Um, and that's when I I remember going home thinking that was the greatest thing ever. Shortly after that, the band had gotten a new practice place, and that's when I discovered they had gotten a new band, too, without me.
2: Wait, so you were in this band, and then your band decided to go and form another band and not tell you about it?
0: Yeah, he was going to <laughs> tell me, but he just hadn't got around to it. And it,
2: it was oh, my And oh, by the way, you're
0: not in the band anymore. Oh, okay. It was a little more dramatic than that, even, because uh, it's a small town, and you know, I'd heard where this practice place was, and I was driving home, and I saw the door was open. So I pulled in and went walking down these basement stairs, and I'm hearing music all the way down. And I get to the bottom, and there they are playing.
1: Goodness and,
0: me! And and that's you know, and they and the worst part is they sounded good. You know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so and that was the point when I went home, and I was I was hurt and I was mad, but I was also like, mm. you know what. I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I, I, and that that's when I decided, you know, I, I tried to take lessons from a guy there in town. I took one lesson he's like, no, I can't teach you what you want to know. And so I had to drive a hundred miles to get to a lesson uh, every week. Oh, a hundred miles one way. So it was 200 miles round trip. And I did that every Sunday for six months.
2: Do you think it was that uh, time when you went down and saw your all your friends in their own band, and yeah, you know, they kind of abandoned you a little bit? Do you think that gave you the kick up the backside that you needed? Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure it did.
1: We talk about this um, a lot in business that you know, very often we have defining moments where something happens and it really pushes you to your limits, and it's shock. And I mean, how did you feel? I mean, what was your first feeling when you realised what was happening to give you that? determination and commitment to drive 100 miles one way to have your lessons
0: first feeling was rejection second feeling was anger third feeling was I was going to show them and mm-hmm. that was all replaced by forgetting about all that and just I I loved playing guitar
2: at what point did you think do you know I want to do this for a living I think it probably happened
0: after probably about six months of those lessons and starting to realize I was really getting good. Um, and, but that was, you know, and that was the time right around the time that I was having those conversations with my dad that we discussed about, you know, college, I wanted to go to school for music and, and, you know, he's like, well, you the only way to make a living in music is being a teacher. And, and I didn't want to do that. And he said, well, you can't, you know, you can't, you better have a backup plan. And, and, uh, I mean, I listened to them. I went to school for business for a few years and played on the weekends every weekend with this group that had picked me up and was traveling all over the place. About two, two and a half years into that, we made a decision as a group. We were going to just do this full time and, and go after it because we'd been having a lot of success. An agent had picked us up and we were scheduled to play this place our first week, for which was six nights. And it was actually here in Kansas City, even though I wasn't living here yet. And we get in there on a Monday night and sound check and get, get get ready to go and play the first night and wake up the next morning to a call from our agent saying we'd been fired. <gasps> <laughs> and,
1: uh, and so oh no. He said,
0: <laughs> said we weren't heavy enough for the place. It was a, uh, look, they were used to a lot heavier music in there. And and we were just like, what did we just do? You know? Cause like some of the guys had families and they quit jobs and we'd you know we quit college and all this stuff to do this so then get fired the first night and then at the end of and then the first week next week we went to Oklahoma and played a show for four nights or a place for four nights and it just went amazing and it launched us for like a four and a half year run where it's all I did the next big hurdle in my life came at the end of that when the singer walked out and that's when all of a sudden my dad's words came back in my head, I remember. And so I spent the next 15 years going through three different backup plans. I went to work for the agency that was booking us for five years and I went to, I uh, sold vitamins for five years and then I had an advertising company for five years.
2: And did they all suck? Did, it, did it, you just had no passion for doing it whatsoever? Or did, did you sort of try and think, oh no, I could get into this?
0: I tr- Yeah, I, that's the thought I had. I tried, thought I could get into this. Um, I remember, you know, when I was that first that first five years, getting an opportunity to play a little bit with my brother in another group. And I almost said no. And and my wife was like, you are going to regret that the rest of your life if you don't at Mm -hmm. least go do that. So we did something on the side back then, even that. But but it was never a it was never one of those deals where I thought this could happen again.
2: But there must have been a point where you tried all these things and you thought, no, actually, I can't get rid of this itch that's inside me. Uh, I, you know, I need, I need to go scratch this, and I need to think about turning this uh, into something that can pay the mortgage. Because for me, it was radio, and when I was at school, um, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be a DJ on the radio. It's a similar thing to you. My dad sat me down and said, "Yeah, there's that's not a career. It's 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 a hobby. You know, do it for fun. But you know, go and get a real job." And I did that for ten years. I got a real job. I was a graphic designer for ten years, and then I got an opportunity to work on a radio station, and I, I leaped. Your kind of story is fairly similar because even though uh, you tried to do other things, there was, you know, that, that itch was still inside you, wasn't it?
0: Uh, yeah. And it was that, you know, it was in that five years with that advertising company and it was just sinking. I remember thinking, just, I was sitting in my studio, I'm like, wow, oh, I cannot do this anymore. If I'm going to go under, I might as well go under playing guitar because this sucks.
2: I bet it was tough for a while, though, wasn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. There, there was a point we actually almost lost our house ourselves. And I mean, just it was, there were some really rough points in that. But before I made that decision, we'd already started Big Time Grain Company. Mm-hmm. And my brother had this suggestion he says, You know, we, we had this long term friend. And he says, I think we should ask Brian to, you know, just kind of keep us in check you know, being brothers and partners and stuff. It's, it's, it's good to have an external voice there. And, and so we started meeting with Brian and Brian was actually wanting to start a coaching business anyway. So we were his first experiment too. And Brian's the one that really got our headspace in the right spot. He got us thinking ways we hadn't thought before. He got us believing ways we didn't believe for just expanded our thinking and our belief in ourselves. And and we just learned so much going through that process that that caused this almost this vacuum to start happening where we were attracting bigger and better things to the group not just financially but just with <laughs> the type of shows we were playing you know one in 2015 we got the call to play the World Series celebration when the Royals wow. won here in Kansas City and there was 800,000 people at that deal. Goodness wow. Me.
1: Was that one of those defining moments where you think, actually, this is going quite well.
2: <laughs> this yeah, is going that was, quite well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could do so this.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. When you look out and all you see for as long as you can see is heads. Yeah. That's, that's, that was an experience. And, uh, I love the process of pe- playing music with other people and the the energy that feeds mm-hmm. off of not just with each other but the the audience too.
2: What you just said there kind of runs through uh your uh, your whole life really uh from the point where you sort of decided that music was for you right to the point where you picked it up again after having you know all those failed little careers. What's really important and, and why we asked you to come on the show is because it's really important to find your passion and make a business from that passion because you spend a lot of your time working. You spend a lot of your time earning money. It makes the world go around. So yeah, you might as well do something you love. And like you said earlier on about if I'm going to go down, I might as well go down playing the guitar.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: So how have you managed to turn what you love into something that you know, keeps, the, you know, keeps the bills being paid?
0: Yeah, so, and that's a really good question. <clears throat> so the keys are... Always treat everything like you do, like a business. And I think the I think the reason people a lot of times will struggle struggle turning their passion into a business is because they love doing it so much they'll do it for free. And so then they discount it. This is easy because I've put the time in. This is easy because I'm passionate about it. This is just because it's easy for me doesn't mean it doesn't have value for other people. And even though those backup plan years you know, there was a lot of height, highlights in those years still. I mean, I'm not, it it wasn't all bad. I learned so much from that. And a lot of what I learned turned to actually played into us having quick success with this. I learned a tremendous amount about people skills. I learned how to run an organization with the vitamin deal. Um, I learned how to book bands with the agency. I learned how to market with the advertising company, all those things have played into a successful music business now. So I'm grateful for all of it. Yeah. Uh, And at the same time, I can, I can instruct and teach somebody that doesn't want to go through all that. (laughs) <laughs> to get there yeah. a little easier than i did
2: did you know claire I was fr- fr- something i've found out since we've been uh recording and doing this podcast is there are lots of common threads aren't there and this is not the first time what chad just said we've heard this a few times haven't we about how all the stars align and they all come together in the end
1: yeah i was literally about to say that you can tell we we work together quite a bit um the the journey that you've had over the you know, X amount of years, and, you know, a long time, each piece is like a jigsaw, a piece of a jigsaw that comes together to form where you actually end up, and they're all important. And I, you know, I agree with what you say, Chad, that every experience I've had, if I hadn't have had that, I probably wouldn't be talking, you know, to you guys this evening. You know, you get to those magical moments which, you know, create the butterflies, and I still have that, like, I've been... Uh, 2013, and you know, I still get the, the little whatever it is <laughs> i don't know what the word is but that moment. stop laughing paul
2: <laughs> it is no it is but i totally agree with you it is butterflies and i think it is uh because radio is my passion and it's a music is my passion and it's what i've done for like 30 years Whenever I sit in a radio studio, or I go to record a radio show, or I do something like this, it's like oh, I love this. This is great. I'm doing this for a living. This is so fun. And it, that, but that's how it feels, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: so if, if, maybe if we have got anyone who's listening who feels, you know, they're at that time, those really tricky times where they feel a bit stuck. They're not fulfilling, you know, what they've always wanted to do. Maybe they want to dip their toe in the water and look at it again. Is there any advice that maybe, you or tips maybe?
0: First thing is to make sure they've identified what their passion is. Sometimes you've, I, I found, especially if they've gone, like I've met with people that have gone so long, not in their passion. They couldn't even remember what it was. Oh, that's good. Um, the, the most eye-opening one was when it was a saxophone player that I had been friends with for years. And I I know how good he is and how passionate he was about that. And he didn't even bring it up when I asked him what his passion was. So identifying what it is. And I think a key to identifying what that is, is to think back, okay, where, what was it I did when time disappeared? You know, what, what kind of activities? Like for me, I can still to this day, grab a guitar in my studio with nobody around and lose three to four hours, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and just have the time of my life. And I can still do that, even doing some of the most monotonous things that would seem very boring and still have the time of my life. So once that's identified, that's the first step. Mm -hmm. Second step is to then say, okay, this is what I want to do. Who's already there? You know, who do I know that might be already there or might be connected to this? Who's already there and where can I get help and advice? And then, I think, I think a big, big part of this is to not get overwhelmed with all the steps to get there. Know where you want to go, but then the only real thing we need to focus on each time is what is the next step? If we just focus on the next step and not try to get out there too many steps ahead, the next step will a lot of times will have something to do with step two and three. To make it even more efficient or better, or or there might be somebody come along that help us with steps two and three, or steps two and three might completely change. Still heading towards the result, and and then and then it takes the stress off, you know, of thinking I've got to have this all figured out.
2: Sometimes you might have uh, a goal in your head, and I can so sort of relate to this. Sometimes you might have a goal in your head, but that might not wind up being where you finish. But the journey takes you somewhere perhaps even more exciting. I go running uh, in the morning, sort of five o'clock in the morning, I go for a run. And I often listen to podcasts, because believe it or not, there are actually other podcasts. Really? uh, (laughs) Don't tell anyone. Um, So anyway, I'm listening to another podcast, and you're on this podcast. And you said something on this podcast that literally made me stop running, get my phone out and type it out, because I thought it was so awesome. This kind of boils back to your passion and your positivity and how you, you knew that all the way through all the hardship that you've had, this is what you wanted to do. And it kind of boils down to this. And you said, you're never going to turn a dark room into a light room by focusing on the dark. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly right, isn't it? You've got to focus on the good stuff, not on the bad stuff.
0: Yeah. The first time I heard that statement, it turned my life upside down. I've been waiting to hear that my whole life.
1: Gosh, that's a really powerful statement. That's actually quite emotional. It's that's, really
2: powerful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can
1: resonate with that so much. Yeah. yeah. I'll get over myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah, because uh, th- we've talked in business, but I'm talking to other business owners. Sometimes they know where they want to be, but they don't know the, the right tracks to run on to get there. And then sometimes that end goal can feel so far away, and I felt it I felt it as well. It could seem so far away that it's easier to take a step back to think actually i the fear of the unknown is too much, and that's what often makes me feel really sad about businesses who you know you've got to keep going those little steps, little baby steps, and the- and and you don't know what direction you're going to go
2: yeah but you're you're so right about that one step at a time, and you actually teach because um, you coach other musicians uh in ways that they can earn a living from the music industry um because like we said before with you know with with digital downloads and spotify and all those kind of uh, resources now um it must be harder for you to make a living unless you want to go out and play live i guess so there must be you've got to f- I guess some musicians have got to find other ways to 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 earn a living, and I know you coach people to help people find those ways, don't you? I
0: I think we are all in one of our biggest adventures right now. I totally agree. You know, um, and I think because I'm, I think we're going to see things happen in a lot of different areas, but music included. the The fear of the unknown was something that used to really that I used to really get bogged down by that. And some things that helped me get past that were, well, number one, I start the day slow every day. I don't even touch my email or text or e- anywhere close to that for at least an hour. And I pray and I meditate. I can't even imagine doing it another way now. You know, when, when we, when we feel things are always completely 100% up to us, that's when it, I mean the results I should say. When we feel the results are 100% up to us that's when we get depressed and bogged down and tired and 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 feel like you know this is too much. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, yeah, great yeah. word. But when we realize they're not we're only responsible for a few things. We're responsible for becoming the best version of us we can become and we're responsible for whatever that next step is. And you know, and beyond that, it's just it's really just treating people great, thinking great, focusing on the light, you know not the dark, mm-hmm. and they seem really simple to say, but it's not always that easy because especially if you like for me I had lots of call it scar tissue of not mm-hmm. thinking that way, so I had to really, really work hard to break those habits of thinking, you know, thinking with up, you know, having these upper limits, you know, where, where I would just get to this point of success and then I'd start to go past it. And I would subconsciously, you know, self-sabotage myself back down to where I felt I was worthy of being. Mm. And so I I read about the, the upper limit concept you know, from a book called The Big Leap, and it was another eye-opening day for me when I understood what I was, what what well, we we all do it. You know, we all have a point in our lives or a place in our lives in in every area, whether we're talking about finances or relationships or whatever, where we feel this is where we're comfortable, this is where we're worthy of being. And anytime we surpass one of those to a higher level, if we're not aware that we're hitting that upper limit, we'll self sabotage back to it. That that's the dark. What the light is, there's no limits when we talk about abundance.
2: So what's next for you, Chad? Because obviously uh the music industry is not uh looking exactly the same as it was at the beginning of the year. There's obviously no live music, but I know I've noticed there are quite a few technologies around to sort of Turn that around a little bit. I don't know whether this is happening where you are, but certainly in the UK we're starting to get drive-in concerts. I know you went to a drive-in karaoke thing with your mum, didn't you, Claire?
1: Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't even really understand what the thing was. I just <laughs> I just was desperate to uh, yeah, take mum out, and um, it was a yeah, car park karaoke, so... So it's probably about 100 cars there. So we had the, the live band underneath and then the words on the top of the karaoke. And just it, even the cars were social distanced. It was an incredible experience, actually.
0: Well, I got to ask real quick. So was it every, everybody singing the song together at the car park karaoke? Yeah. or that's Yes. pretty... Okay. Yeah. So
1: so they had they had the 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 classic songs it was the musicals actually uh the part we went to so they had the musicals there uh so the band was yeah playing underneath the words were visible to everyone to see and everybody sang along together. Um, oh, it was a
2: live band.
1: Yeah, and then at certain parts of the song um they would
2: say it would be
1: people beat the horns.
2: So that's awesome. It it's was amazing. Cool. Energy. It was just fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Chad's writing this down. You are. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> I can see. When we He's haven't seen that yet. It.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to coming to Kansas
0: soon.
1: <laughs> it was amazing. Uh,
0: like I, there's places that you can actually go play here now, but there's me. musicians that I know that are saying, no, they won't even get out of their house. I'm sure. I think, I think the, you know back to what we talked about you know we're in an adventure here if if you treat life like an adventure then the unknowns become exciting over over being fearful i'm now to the point that i'm wake up every day I think wow Wonder what's going to happen today you know I mean I'm excited to see what it is
2: you know right so let's uh, let's wrap up with our questions now we always finish off with a set of questions inspired by a show which I'm sure you know Chad called Inside the Actor's Studio I'm sure you've heard of that first question what's your favourite smell oh steak
0: (laughs) maybe with some bacon on it
2: (laughs) steak and bacon yes that's
1: good (laughs) I'm going to try that.
0: I mean, it's well like it's a out. heart attack in a meal. But,
1: uh. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so I'd like to know, Chad, do you have uh, a favorite guitar as a guitar player?
0: Well, so I mostly play Telecasters um, as a whole, Which, but I've got multiple brands. The one that I showed you, like this one here. Well, and this specific one was made by a guy here in Kansas city that's a, that's a uh, he's he's newer onto the the market of building guitars, and he built that one custom for me. and it's just it's beautiful guitar, plays great, sounds great.
1: So, you've yeah. traveled, I'm sure, to some incredible places and played at some amazing venues. Um but do you have a particular person that comes to mind uh, who you've met, so a famous person, who's the most famous person you've ever met?
0: Yeah, we have we actually bought a new tour bus right before this all hit. It's good timing, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh uh Vince Gill owned it originally and then Garth Brooks' guitar player Ty England owned it. But uh so I ended up on the phone with him for different reasons last week
2: and that was fun. You didn't actually meet but you kind of kind of digitally met. Yes.
1: Yes. That's a new thing now. We've just invented digi- digital meeting. Yeah. yeah,
0: it
2: counts. We didn't it's Zoom okay.
0: We didn't zoom yet, but that's next. We're, we'll, we'll take uh, our relationship yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. to
2: the next level. You, know, next you don't want really, to go too fast, <laughs> do you? You, you yeah, just met the car. Exactly. <laughs> a final question then. Uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I think for me, I'd like to hear God say,
0: well, that was fun, wasn't it? Why don't you take a nap because we're getting ready to go on another adventure
2: oh I love that that's, that's good that's brilliant uh, yeah. so we need to find out uh, we you to share some links and let us know how people can come and find you if they want to find out more maybe hear some of your music or find out um, yeah how you can help people um, discover what they're passionate about
0: sure yeah so the music side is just bigtimegrain.com yep uh, and then also on the the passion side of things dreambigseries.com
2: This is The Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. I can't believe Chad nearly brought you to tears.
1: I know. That's a first. That's a first, but I had to really hold it together.
2: What was that line again? I'm going to dig it out and find it. You're never going to turn a dark room into a light room by focusing on the dark. That's just such a a great statement, isn't it? That should be on T-shirts.
1: You said it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah it's it's is uh, such a poignant message um and, uh, yeah, it really resonated with me. I thought the beauty of the power of words.
2: But he was an interesting guy, wasn't he? How he never really gave up on what he truly loved. And even though he tried other things and listened to his dad's advice, you know, he, you know, he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he had to go and scratch that itch and yeah, music was his passion. And uh, here he is making money from it and doing really well, even in the current climate where the music industry is almost at a standstill.
1: Yeah, exactly. There was a big gap. There was a big gap as well when uh, he left that industry and then returned You know, a good few years later. So it just goes to show if your passion is strong enough and you believe in you know, where you want to be, then actually you can pick up from where you left off.
2: Totally. So yeah, the big takeaway from that one is to find your passion. And if you don't know what it is, spend a little bit of time trying to discover it. And I like what he said about going back to the, the, the moments in your life where you've done something, where you lose track of time. Absolutely. I find it very hard to believe that there isn't any hobby out there or any passion out there that you can't earn money from. Because if you know enough about it, your experience and your expertise on its own uh, is enough to earn money from.
1: Yeah, I never actually thought of that before, actually, with having been lost in time. Uh, I remember clock watching in my previous career and the minutes were so slow so slow and now you know
2: I can be working for four or five hours and I think I've been half an hour so I totally agree with you and I can totally understand where Chad was coming from there because there are several things that I do which I absolutely love doing and I could spend hours doing it and those hours just fly by where is the day gone?
1: So each week we like to end the show with a big shout-out to a small business who we've been talking to on social media. So who are we giving a shout-out to this week, Paul?
2: I want a shout-out to someone who hasn't picked this up on social media, if that's all right, because she's my daughter. Oh,
1: brilliant. Tell me more.
2: Uh, during lockdown, she set up her own company.
1: Oh, wow. Fantastic
2: no prompting for me she just actually just got on and done it so uh, my daughter Kira is coming up for 20 she's uh, at home from university at the moment and been twiddling her thumbs and getting bored and then she started sending off for all this clay product and she's making clay earrings
1: that is brilliant that's so creative
2: and she's only been running a few days and she's already sold a load as well and they're fantastic so yeah go and check her out and give her a little bit of support uh, so you can go and find her on Instagram at, clear, at Kira Clay Co that's K-I-R-A-C-L-A-Y-C-O and uh, that you get a link to a little store which she set up all on her own I'm really proud of her and they're really nice earrings too well,
1: I should think so too that's really creative really creative I'm, I'm going to have check that
2: out yeah you are going to Yeah, make sure you buy some
1: Yeah, got, I know I was just about to say don't you worry <laughs> don't you worry I will do I love things like
2: that so that pretty much does it really don't forget to come and find us on social media we are on Instagram at Big Little Business Show we are on Facebook.com slash Big Little Business Show and of course you can get all the details about this week's episode by going to our website Big Little Big Business Show dot co Dot UK. Whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, don't forget to like us and share us and follow us. Uh, yeah, hit that subscribe button as well. And don't forget to leave us a review because it bigs us up in podcast land and that would be fantastic. We'd love you forever. So until next week, say goodbye, Claire. Goodbye. <laughs> the
0: been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find
2: us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.
1: I actually did a very, can I just say, I did a tiny, tiny little burp just a minute ago. Did you hear it?
2: It wasn't, you you, you, you didn't throw up in your mouth, did you? <laughs> no,
1: of oh, course. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I just realised I'm in front of a mic, so I hopefully didn't hear that one. Sorry, I do excuse me.